This is episode 618 for April 2020, and you're listening to the Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast, and I'm your host, Brad Douglas. That opening song is by Jordan Stratton. It's uh, his quarantine number seven song. It looks like he's been doing a song a day during the quarantine, but it's a cool version of the Spider-Man theme song. I couldn't really find any music for games or uh, with the word quest or probe or anything like that, but I thought this one was a good one. Speaking of quest probe, we're going to talk to the creator of Spider-Man's second video game of all time, Scott Adams, in this episode, but before we get there, uh, people made this episode possible by logging on to patreon.com slash crawlspace. They signed up to get some perks like exclusive episodes, uh, so a public thank you goes out to Robert, JR, Alex, Frazetta Hulk, Joshua, Zach, Muhammad, Laura, Noah, Frederick, Spider Menace, Walter, Charlotte Spider, Kelly, Vinkman, Sailor Sega, Craig, Andrew, Michael K, Stuart, Ricky, Thomas, Nick, hashtag something good for you, Halfskimo, Patrick, Will, Symbiobro, Dowd, JB. Jay, Scott, Michael2099, AJ, John, Bob, Datboy, Eric, Curtis, and Donnie. Again, log on to patreon.com slash crawlspace. You can get uh, each episode two weeks earlier than anybody else. You can also get exclusive podcasts like our Spider Satellite. And since uh, current Spider Satellites aren't coming out, we're combining Spider History and Spider Satellites into one segment, and we're looking at old spider satellites. So far, we've got uh, Venom, Lethal Protector number one to six. That's an exclusive Patreon podcast where we, uh, we review that. Also, Kelly reviewed uh, Spider Girl uh, from one What If 105 up to issue number six. That's an exclusive podcast only available to Patreon members. One more time, patreon.com slash crawlspace. Thanks for your support, everybody. Let's get on with this show. It's a good interview. Hey, Crawl Spacers, welcome to an episode I have been wanting to do since I was a 10-year-old kid. This is uh, when I got the Quest Probe games when I was 9 or 10 years old. I wanted to know who would put me through this much torture. <laughs> and his name is Scott Adams. So welcome, Scott. Thank you very much, Brad. I'm very happy to be here virtually as it is. No doubt. Well, you you created the Quest Probe games. And if you were a kid of the 80s, this were, was what we thought was going to be the best video game before. We had no concept of PlayStation 4s or Xboxes. We thought this was the pinnacle best Spider-Man's ever going to get. This was a big deal back in the 80s. Talk a bit about that for me. Okay. Um, it, what it was was actually uh, Spider-Man was the, the second in the series. The first was Hulk. You're right. And it was the first time Marvel had licensed its games to be used on home computers. Yeah. And, Noted they did have some video games before that, mm -hmm. uh, but this was the first time for home computer. And so, yeah, it was a big deal, and it was yeah. a tremendous, tremendous fun time doing it. The, uh, this is technically Spider-Man's second game because he had one on the Atari. I interviewed Laura, who designed that one, the very first one. Uh, this is Hulk's first game. This is the Fantastic Four's first game. I mean, you were breaking some ground with these games. Yes, 
Um, what they did was actually give us the license to the entire universe, Marvel. Wow. And said we could do whatever we wanted. So I said I was going to start with Hulk. And yeah. I remember talking to uh, Joe Calamari and Jim Shooter at the time. Joe was the vice president at Marvel, and Jim Shooter was the editor-in-chief. And right. Um, let's let's get a little bit of history of your Marvel connection. What was your first introduction to Marvel and Spider-Man as a kid? Or an adult? I don't know. I don't remember, because I had been reading comics since I was a kid. I would take my uh, 25 cents in every week and go and see what was available. Yeah. A DC or a Marvel. Um, I love Superman. I love Spider-Man. Those are my two favorites. So it's always a tough choice. Am I getting Superman? Two Supermans this week, one Superman and one Spider-Man. What yeah. am I going to do? Tough decision. You only had a quarter to spend. That, that would so, not get you one comic today. <laughs> back then, that was good for two comics and paid the sales tax. Wow. So were, were you uh, like in the mid late 60s when you got into Spider-Man, early 70s maybe? or? Um, let's see. I would have been early 60s because... Okay. I, so you're uh, right at the beginning. Yeah. Um, this was very, cool. very much early 60s. I remember as a kid yeah. um, getting a sweatshirt, getting uh, stencil uh, art, and designing a Spider-Man logo that I put on using um, uh, stencil art. Onto oh, wow. So I, I, always my favorite. I love Spider-Man. That's, that's cool. Uh, and also let's talk a bit about how you got into gaming. You got into it like right in the beginning, in the, in the 70s, is when you started designing software, essentially? Yes. Talk As, about that. Uh, actually, I'd gotten into gaming before that, which okay, some very interesting stories if we want to go into it later. Sure. Like the time I turned a multi-million dollar radar station into a Star Trek game. Um, but, <laughs> wow. I'm sorry about that. I bet you they weren't happy. They were extremely happy. Oh, they were? Because what? Because you hacked it or what? <laughs> no, no. I, I was working there. I literally saved the company's uh, rear end, as it were. Yeah. Um, we were working. I, I can talk about it now. It's long. Sure. Since. Feel free. Declassified. But I was working. It's declassified. This ought to be good. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was uh, work being done for Space Defense Command. Wow. Uh, which is uh, uh, based in Colorado. If you've ever seen uh, uh, Stargate, uh -huh. they go into that big tunnel. Well, that's, that's Space Defense Command or was. I don't know if it's been renamed since then. Uh-huh. I worked at a radar station that was part of their uh, network, and it was run by a civilian company that had the contract. So that I was technically there as a civilian contractor on some of the programmer for the computer. Mm. Um, one second, I got a pop up. I want to get out of my face. <laughs> you didn't have pop ups back in the 70s. No, <laughs> okay. Are you still there? Or did yep, we... I'm, st I'm still here. I'm in a tab somewhere. Can you still hear me? Yes. Oh, okay, uh, cool. There we go. We're back. Okay, okay, cool. So back in the, this was back in the 70s. Right. And I was a uh, self-taught programmer from early on. Wow. My story goes way back. My, my first game was back uh, in the 60s. Um, wow. But, so this is sort of mid-career. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're a decade in or more. At this radar station, 
which was um, on Antigua Island out in the Caribbean. Um, we would track things and we would do things with the information we tracked. And I'm not going to go into the, what that was, but yeah. there was a contract on the line for this civilian company and the SDC where they were trying to get this radar station online um, with a bigger contract. And they were trying to use software that they had pulled up from another site um, further down range. And I happened to be very experienced with it. And I was able to make the software do things it wasn't supposed to do which saved the day for the company. Nice. They got a contract. And all I asked was, do you mind if I use the computer after hours since we're not running 24 <laughs> 7 yet? Yeah. Yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> so I literally put a Star Trek game. At the time, there was one that was going around that was being traded by the IT department that okay. let me play Star Trek on the teletype. And, you know, was it a text based game? Mm, sort of. It okay. was the text playing field. It was turn-based. Okay. So you would see things. So what I did was I looked at this radar station. I said, I've got <laughs> this incredible, great tracking scope over here that the <laughs> radar guys use. It's connected to the computer. I bet you I can hook it up. <laughs> and I literally did. I made a real-time wow. Star Trek game out of this multi-million dollar. Wow. This is a mainframe computer. Of the time, uh, Sigma Sigma Seven, I think it was. This is a multi-million-dollar computer, probably. Yep, yeah. and I had it playing Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? You know. <laughs> well, uh, fast forward to your first game was Adventure. You're talking about my first commercial game. First commercial game. The, that was the the one that predated the Quest Probe, right? Right, and that wasn't yep. even the first commercial one. I had done some other little things that didn't hit off adventure adventure land is that what it's called yes adventure okay. land. like go. on your shirt that that was the that was the big hit that right number one. that was the number one big hit yeah that started everything it started the company adventure international mm -hmm. um basically started in a spare bedroom which then became a, a spare well actually yeah a spare bedroom and it just sort of grew from there into the living room um into um, a strip mall. Um, oh. and at one point we built a geodesic dome and it was housed there. Did it look like the one the Hulk was trapped in? <laughs> <laughs> I've been trapped in there before many a time. Yes. Uh, so Adventureland, I haven't played that one. Is that one very similar to Quest Probe or it's text-based with graphics it, mixed in? It, the original game was completely text-based. It was okay. for TRS-80 Model 1. Okay. 16K of memory, and really the TRS-80 had limited to no graphics. Yeah. So, and it didn't even have upper and lower case. It was all caps. Oh, that's funny. And TRS-80, were those the Radio Shack ones? Yes, it was. It okay, because my grandpa and I had one of those, and it, we took three days to build... Uh, essentially a screensaver for uh, typing in code of fireworks on the screen. I remember in the eighties, yep. I think, I, I think that's the one we had. Then we, then we upgraded to the Commodore 64, which is what I played the quest probe games on. Yes. So, yeah. So Adventureland is a hit and then your name is out there. Did Marvel come to you or did you go to Marvel or how did the, how did the deal come about? Marvel actually came to us. That's a good thing. Yeah. They called and said that uh, they wanted to, uh, to have somebody come up and talk to them about the possibility of uh, doing some licensing. So mm -hmm. I decided this, this sounded important. So I was, yeah. so I went up there and I met uh, Joe Calamari 
Uh, he was vice president of Marvel at the time. I think he later went on to become president. Really yeah. nice guy. Um, he showed me his toy closet. He said, uh, <laughs> we've, I've been trying to get Marvel stuff licensed out into the industry. And uh, we went into stuffed animals. We went into toys. And literally, he showed me the closet of all the samples people would give. Oh, that's funny. Uh, they mentioned they had done a video game. And he said, now we're, we're seriously considering getting into the home computer market. And everybody we've talked to says Adventure International is the people we need to talk to. Nice. So it was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good word of mouth. Yes. So, so the discussions happened with Joe, and I read, and I don't know where I read it, but John Byrne helped design the idea. Is that right? Talk about, about what Byrne did. Um, he was, he was, I met with John uh, briefly. He was primarily in charge of, um, I think the story and inking, okay. what, the the whole the overarching storyline and everything that went with it was totally within our domain. Okay, so do with it as you want. And so I came up with the concept of the series, the name, the characters, everything. So chief examiner, that was you. Yeah. Okay. Got it. That, that, that was kind of fun too. So so how long did when was the meeting? How long did it? take to get the concept going like the chief examiner and going to a, a, a portal I and don't remember the timeline i'm okay. thinking it was on the order of a month or so because i was in oh, the process wow. of doing some other things at the time yeah um and i wanted to come up with something that was going to work one of the things that i requested and they were kind of surprised but they acquiesced to it was that i asked uh, for a personal subscription to every book they were publishing Nice. And they said, well, yeah, we do send out subscriptions, but we sell a lot of different titles. This is going to be a lot of books. Yeah. Well, I really want to immerse myself. The other thing they did, which was really amazing, was something called uh, a a title called Marvel Universe. They had not released it yet. It was still in the design phase, and they gave me a pre-release copy of it so that I could see all the characters, where they fit in the Marvel Universe, nice. and what they did. And that, that was very like, important for me. It's like a handbook of each character. Yeah. Yes, it is. So that, that was cool. I, I remember reading those in the uh, uh, back in the 80s. Jonathan says uh, his computer at his high school had Half-Life multiplayer deathmatch installed by someone in the school system. We played it for a year without them knowing. So it well, seems uh, like this is a trend. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> where, where there's a, a gamer, there's a way to get a game. Exactly. So um, you, you get the idea and you say, how long does it take to build this first Hulk game? I mean, what, what went into it? I'm going to share some graphics of the Hulk game up here. So let's take a, take a look. I don't remember the time frame that well. I do remember yep. back, back then that on the average, it would take me one to three months to do um, a game. I picked Hulk as the first title to work on, and Marvel was kind of um, surprised. Yeah. Why are you picking Hulk? It's it's a it's a good property, but it's not our premier property. Spider-Man is. There's your name right at the front end. Do you see that? <laughs> yeah, so it really was me. There it is. Yep, that's you. <laughs> uh, so Hulk, Hulk uh, you picked Hulk because why again? I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't give that. I didn't mentioned yet so the, the the bottom line was i told him the reason i'm picking hulk is i really want to do spider-man justice i want spider-man uh, to be as 
good as it possibly can be. So I want to make my mistakes with Hulk. Oh, okay. And I've got a new technology I'm I'm developing that should be ready about the time Spider-Man is ready for me to start working on. What that is right now, the game you're playing allows just two words. Um, right. Spider-Man game was a full sentence parser. Uh. So you in Hulk, you could say, "Pick up chair," and it might, and then it says, "I have the chair." And then you say, "Throw chair," yeah. and it would say, "At what?" And you would play at door. With Spider-Man, you could say, "Pick up the chair and throw it out the window." Oh, so you could do a sentence. Got yeah. it. Made a big difference. So this, uh, what I could took me forever to figure out to lean back in the chair and then bite your lip. I mean, what what is the what are the keywords you're looking that you typed in to make that work? Bite lip. It's bite it, lip. It, so it had to match bite lip exactly, didn't it? Or something similar. Um, uh, it would allow somehow you had to hurt yourself to get mad. So you could could you smack yourself or what? What's some codes that would your hands are tied. You what? Your hands are tied. Oh yeah, your hands are tied. Here, there's even a picture of it behind. Your hands are tied. So, so bite lip pretty much is it, isn't it? <laughs> there, there, there may have been a couple of other different ways, and honestly, I don't yeah. remember now at this point. But then I remember the gas filled the room after you hulked out, and then you were back where you started. Um, mm -hmm. And then if you go outside, I think you die, if I remember correctly, outside the dome. As banner. As banner. But if you're Hulk, you don't. Okay. So get for people that never played these games, give me a little summary of what they are about who the chief examiner is and what they, what they do. Um, in this series, uh, there's the concept that somebody, some alien has come to earth looking for something and he's noticing super powered uh, uh, characters running around yeah. and wants to know more about them. So what he does, the chief examiner has this field that he gets into a fight somehow and he gets those characters to go through that force field. And suddenly they pop out on the other side and I'm the worst for wear. Right. If you bought the comic book back then at the time, it would tell that story. Right. And you'd see everything that was going on, who the chief examiner was, uh, Natter Energy Egg, the um, uh, Biogems, all the other things that went with the series. Right. But what happened when the character went through that uh, glowing field was going to be uh, uh, reserved for playing the game because the game is what happens when the character goes through that field. So the yeah. tie -in, there was a very close tie-in. Um, we did not release the, the uh, comics with the game originally, but later, mm -hmm. um, uh, especially in the UK, there were many versions of the comic that would go along with the game. So you could read right. the game, get to the the part where you play the game, play the game and come back to the comic or do it in whatever order you want it to. Right. And I've got some pictures of that, what you're talking about where he goes through the portal. So the Hulk goes through the portal in this, it scans him. He comes out on the other side. So your game takes place in between the portal jumps, right? Inside the portal. Once he's yeah, been scanned, the portal. What does the chief examiner do with that scan. Exactly. So I also saw that there you are. Look at you. You're, you're in a Marvel comic. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. it, it was a real honor to work with yeah. Marvel. Not only did they let me be in the comic, mm -hmm. byline on it. I did. Yeah. Like I said, I did actually write the comics. I didn't do the art. I didn't do the, the, the bubbles and everything else, but right. I wrote everything out. The 
amazing thing that a fan pointed out to me just a couple of years ago was uh -huh. I developed a lot of new characters in these comics. And of all the computer games that Marvel has ever done tie-ins for, mm -hmm. only the ones that we did back then that I had designed actually became canon. And they're part of Marvel's history. Yeah, they. Uh, the chief examiner went on to the Quasar series. Yes, he did. And um, he... And I was going to talk about this later, but we can talk about it now. I guess the goal of the, because this was originally going to be 12 games and 12 yeah. books. And in that Quasar, the chief examiner merged all 12 heroes he scanned and became a big guy and fought the black, <laughs> the black, uh, the black fleet. Is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The black fleet. So he, he essentially became like a giant transformer. He got 12 different of 12 different heroes and became one big one. Yep. So was that your original goal when you started to, to make all the 12 heroes combine? Yeah. The concept was that at the end of each game, you would get uh, uh, a secret code that right. when you played the final game, you had to have those codes to prove you had played the originals. Okay. So that you could get, get in and then play the, the, the finale. That Actually, Jeff has that question. He says he read that there were passwords that you would get after you won each game. And it said that in the 12th game, we would need to enter all the passwords for a special surprise. What would that surprise have been? Do you know? Um, basically being allowed to have something or do something in the game. It was not planned out. Okay. Was, I was doing this pretty organically. Right. And it was uh, evolving and changing as I was writing the story. So I just had a future concept knowing I was going to use it. I hadn't come up with okay. what it was going to be yet. Have you thought... You thought about years later what it might have been? Uh, honestly, once again, it would have been organic, something that I right. would have come up with. I, looking back, I realized God was giving me inspiration on a lot of things, and mm -hmm. I just don't know where they were coming from, but I'm sure right. glad I got to go along for the ride. Jeff also wants to know about the chief examiner. What was underneath that helmet? You're looking at it. Oh, that! Oh, it was going to be you? <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly there is actually a picture of the chief examiner in the game. And if oh, yeah, you, yeah, I, I saw it. You mean without the helmet or with the helmet? Um, without the helmet. There oh, I, huge, well, was that in the Hulk? The, Which game was that in? The chief examiner's in all of them. Right there uh, at the beginning of... Right, uh, right there. There you go. There. Oh, there he is. That's. I guess you can kind of see him. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. Okay. There you go. That's what he looks like. I guess that would be you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm interviewing the chief examiner right now. <laughs> so in the comics, he was uh, very Mysterio-like. He looked a lot like Mysterio. In fact, in the second issue, you kind of talk about that a little bit. Talk talk about why he looks so similar to Mysterio. Um, I don't know. Uh, that was okay. just, It wasn't like a deliberate plan. Uh, it, it just sort of... A, occurred that way uh there there should be some pictures there here i got them I, there he is there, that's the cover where it, you can see how they look very similar somewhere you should have experience with the uh pictures in maybe it's in the book uh -huh. uh, uh, the chief examiner with the goggles is it in this second issue here uh should be in spider-man and the Spider-Man. Okay. Really can't look it up. But yeah. it, there is uh his eyes are covered. It's not as much uh an overall um actually if you go 
take a look on my Facebook page where I announced the event. I put a picture, uh -huh. and it might have that picture in the background behind me. Okay, I will put it up here so you can see it. <clears throat> okay, so you want me to go to photos? Um, I'm not sure where you're at right now. There's all your, there's your photos. Uh, there's a, yep. There was a Spider-Man one. Check, check you out there. <laughs> yep. That's a suit, my man. <laughs> and that hair was real. That, that was what? That, that was my hair. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I have follicle envy. <laughs> and look, look like you're in, got Hug and Hulk and Spider-Man there at your desk. Yep. That looks awesome. <clears throat> and there was a big marketing push for this. They, this is probably in one of the uh, yeah, computer games one, magazines. This one was kind of fun. And this yeah. one Marvel ran with <clears throat> where um, all their characters are reading about uh, Adventure International. They're nice. reading about uh, Scott Adams. So it was, it was kind of a, a turnabout. Uh, the title at the top, I think, was Scott Adams, superhero, the superhero's hero. Oh, the superheroes. There you go. That's nice. And once again, this is being run by my Marvel. They put that yeah. together. There uh, also is a picture, if I have it, where was I? Is it back? Oh, it was something about. It's in one of my tabs. Anyway, it was a big ad that said the Hulk is going soft. I thought that was that was cool, yeah. as in software. Yeah. So, anyway, just a, a big push by you and Marvel to get these games out. Mm -hmm. And and we had just come from the Atari. People were going into the Atari to the personal computer a little bit more before the crash, right? Well, this this goes further back. The Atari that the game came out was yeah. just the video was the video game, right? Uh, Atari then later came out with a computer, home computer, which is different. The right. original video game was simply a, a plug-in cartridge, pixelated yeah. uh, uh, type uh, uh, 2D scroller type game. The right. <clears throat> later Atari came out with a home computer, which this game, the one that I was working on, played mm -hmm. on. We played on all the major home computers of that era, which was Apple, Commodore, um, Atari. Um, we even had, the interesting thing was, we even had versions of the game that were non-graphic um, oriented because it was originally, it's a text game. Right. Uh, the graphics are, are add-ons. So you could play it on your uh, CPM machine if you wanted to, your business machine and so forth, or your Xidi sorts. Or what uh, computer had the best graphics, do you think? Um, for the time. The game. Uh, at that point, I would say the Atari ST. Okay. I was able to get Madam Web in there, and it was yeah. incredible. If you ever get to see this game playing I, I, on an Atari ST, it is gorgeous. I had a queue queued up for the Apple. Uh, I've got – talk a bit about these. This is a gym and an egg. Talk about what the gym and the eggs are. The idea is you're trying to get – the gems and the natter energy eggs are there to protect it. Mm -hmm. And if they can't protect it, it's going to destroy it. Okay. And they are, are they sentient? Are uh, like, because I think the gym is kind of evil in one comic it was. 
Um, it, in the games, it's left unsaid. Okay. Because I wasn't sure which direction I wanted to take it. Okay. Gotcha. So uh, I never finished the Hulk game. Tell me what happened to the Hulk. <laughs> I don't remember. Here, I've got it right here. He eventually gets out of that dome. Yep. And the gas is hitting him again. Uh, let's see. The room is still filling him up. There's an exit. I remember Ant-Man and Doctor Strange also came yep. in. Yes. I never got to see those until YouTube. I, You, you know, I, one thing that frustrated me as a fan, there was no internet to find a clue or how to advance. You just had to keep going. Yes. I'm, I mean, I, I read that you had a hint book or something you sold yep. back in the eighties that did, yep. did, uh, did that give some clues? And yes, it did. It yeah. was, it was the original hint books were, um, text-based. Uh, you could buy it either as a book or a sheet, depending on if you just wanted one game right. and it would give you coded messages. It would say, are you stuck here? And then underneath would be yeah. three, three or four things with a bunch of numbers. You take those numbers and at the bottom was a dictionary and you had to fill the words in. So you didn't accidentally read hints ahead. Got it. How uh, many keywords did you have to put in that programming that, that would advance you? I mean, is it like a dozen or two dozen or was there a um, lot? Uh, are you talking about while you're playing the game? I mean, when you were coding it, when you were making the game, I mean, there there had to be like X amount of code there, words. There were hundreds of vocabulary words that it understood. Wow. And then it has a, a system internally that knows how to to handle it. Mm -hmm. What I did when I was doing this originally was I literally invented my own language, my mm. own adventure game language. And then I wrote uh, a uh, interpreter compiler that would compile it first. A compiler that would compile it down to a middle range um, binary file. Then an interpreter that would understand it. And then I was able to take that interpreter and move it around to all the different machines. If I wanted it on Commodore or, or on Atari, whatever, I just changed it or go over to IBM with a totally different processor, rewrite it for IBM, and it's now I've got the games running there. I, I have to admit, when I was frustrated, I, I put some four-letter words in here. <laughs> and, and I always got Hulk doesn't understand how to do blank or Hulk doesn't understand how to do this. Uh, <laughs> I guess you couldn't put that in at a kid's game to make it advance no. or something. Nope, nope, nope. It, uh, you also, uh, in the back of the comics, you, you put your address in here. So did you get some cool letters from kids talking about oh, how they were stuck or whatever? Or what, what did, yeah. you, did you hear from a, them? We got a lot of mail and we also got a lot of phone calls. There's oh yeah. Number in there. Um, I rarely interacted with these. Well, the staff would take care of it. Um, we were a fairly large company by this time, right. um, literally a multi-million dollar company. Wow. And, uh, so we had quite a few people working there. Right. Um, they would bring me forward interesting things that happen and share them. Um, this like been, well, this one, this wasn't Spider-Man, but this one, this one was uh, one that stuck in my mind and it was in Adventureland. Uh-huh. On, in that game, there is a bear on a ledge that you have to get past. Okay. And the key to getting past the bear is to scream at it. <laughs> yell at it. That, that, yeah. that, that would work. You scare it off. Well, the game at the time to save memory space, and Ventureland was the very first one I wrote, would only look at the first three letters of a word. 
So mm. after it got the first three letters, it assumed it knew what you were saying. Okay. The letter we got from somebody was they've been trying to get past the bear for a very, very long time, and they're getting nowhere. And finally, they typed in, screw bear. <laughs> bear is so startled, it falls off the ledge. <laughs> well, there you go. SCR will get you forward. There you go. <laughs> well, so the 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 Hulk one was was it a big success? Did it reach all your expectations? It, it did well, and okay. it, it, I knew I could do better. Once yeah. again, two word <coughs> excuse me, the two word phrases were um, limiting. Yeah, um, the storyline was a little contrived, um, and the graphics were static. Mm-hmm. So. Moving into Spider-Man, I decided there you to go. There's out. Spider-Man right here. I've got this YouTube video has the Apple II. Did you like the graphics on the Apple II? I know the DOS one looks not as good as this. No, the DOS used CGA yeah. graphics, which was horrible. Um, yeah. yeah, Apple had very nice graphics. Yeah. So uh, I assume this was inside the Daily Bugle, right? Um, the, the comic talks about the Daily Bugle. I thought yeah. this was the Bugle. I, I don't know if it's... Um, a... no, yes. Yes, it was. Okay. It was, Yes. So in this one, we've got Dr. Octopus, uh, the lizard, the chief examiner, Madam Web, and the ringmaster of all heroes. Why, why the ringmaster? He's never been in a Spider-Man game before. And, and Plan Man and a number of others. Yeah. I was just basically pulling out ones that I thought would be uh, an interesting nemesis for Spider-Man. Yeah. He's on the, ce- <laughs> on the ceiling on this screen. You could, you could flip it and he could be on the ceiling because he's crawling walls. Yes. I thought that was cool. Uh, you see his hands here. Talk about what it was like to draw or animate, not animate these, I guess. What, what is this? Animation. What is this called? Animation? Yeah. No, this, these are still pictures. If you go to where he opens the elevator door, that was animation. You okay. see him pull the doors apart. Oh, oh, yep. I saw it. Let me rewind it. Here he comes. There, there he goes. He opens yeah. up the doors like that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what we did was we did the art in house internally, and then mm-hmm. Marvel had the final say on it. So we would run the art of the game by them, and they would approve or or recommend changes. Right. Whatever I noticed J. Jonah Jameson up on the wall here. It looks yeah. like so you must be in Jameson's office. So you, no yes. one puts a picture up of him. The uh, you were talking about that Madam Web that looks pretty. Yes. That one probably took forever to do. If you ran this on the ST, you'd see her spider web glowing and pulsing and doing all sorts of brilliant. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was a really wonderful character to be able to add to this game no because, doubt. because of her. Basically, she was friendly and she could then be used as a hint machine if you, if you mm. properly queried her. Right. And um, the the goal of Spider Man was to get out of the bugle. It was what was the go- tell me the the purpose of this game? What was your your mush- mission? I'm trying to remember now. I know you had to get a certain amount of weight on a scale, and I think maybe you were trying to save the eggs. It's once again, this has been a while, and I haven't yeah. played it myself. That picture right there was one of the fun- ones I had the most fun with. That's yeah, fighting Mysterio, right? Um, because where it looks like he's outside on the building, he's really not. He's still inside the building. Right. Um, and Mysterio is throwing an illusion at him. Right. And he's confused with the chief examiner looking very similar, etc. 
Oh, we've got an animation of a web going. Let's take yeah. a look at this. I think it's coming up after that. <clears throat> how many how many hours again did you say this took with you and your team? This was this was probably three months. Three months, yeah. At least of effort. It may have been because you know, the comics were released every ninety days. So was that the time yeah. frame that you guys were looking for? Every ninety days, yeah. release a game. Yes. Okay. And so that we'd be tying in. Yeah, no doubt. What is he trying to hit here? What is this thing? The fan. It's fan. a fan. Okay. He was trying to stop fan. the fan. Yep. Got it. And he's eventually going to run into his baddies over here. You got Doc Ock and Electro. Yep. So they're typing in, what do you, you grab octopus. I've got octopus. Other arm clings to presses. So he's in the printing press. It looks like at the bugle yeah. right yeah. here. Yeah, so yeah, we're right. to use each one against the other. Use their powers to neutralize the other one. Yeah. Uh, Michael wants to know, did anything keep Scott from evolving his games from mostly text-based to more graphics-based and less text? There, that's um, The games were always text-orientated mm -hmm. because we were shooting to be able to still run on the uh, least common denominator. And that was uh, anybody who could read could play. Yeah. The graphics were fun, but they were always just added on for um, uh, just just extra, as it were. Yeah. Uh, I have gotten mail over the years from uh, blind players who appreciated being able to have text games that they were able to play, too. Wow. That's cool. So from that point of view, it was kind of neat. No doubt. And this is uh, kind of a lost art. I mean, this, everybody is button punching these days, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of typewriting or typing. Yeah. Twitch games are popular, but interactive fiction, text adventures, yeah. um, still, still are going strong. There are still a lot of people that still enjoy critical thinking games. Right. So basically when you get down to it, it is, it's a puzzle game. It's a critical thinking yeah. game. Right. You're planning and thinking and you're understanding your environment and trying to, to overcome problems. By using I, the I found Hydro Man. Here's yeah. Hydro Man. Yeah. <laughs> trying to find Ringmaster in this video game, in the video on YouTube also. I think he was in uh, Fantastic Four. I'm not sure that he was in here, he, but I did see that at the beginning it said he was. So Yeah. So you don't uh, let's see. I do know he's in Fantastic Four. I saw the screen last night when I was researching. Yeah. Um, but uh, is this your favorite of the three you put out, the Spider-Man one? Each one was my favorite when I did it. It's like your children, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. What did you like about this one? Uh, uh, you, you said the sentences, the full sentences is better than Hulk. Yeah, the full sentences were extremely handy. Uh, the ability to have so many different characters in here that you got to interact yeah. interact with all the different villains and different ways to, to have to think your way through them. I love the Mysterio puzzle. I had a lot of fun with that one. Right. I think it was, that was kind of unique. Right. Uh, so th these were all highlights of it. And, and plus being able to do a little bit of animation when doing the graphics was kind of fun too. Right. So, um, I was writing a Spider-Man game. Come on. What's not to love? Exactly. There's a nice picture of J. Jonah right there. <laughs> um, anything you wanted to put in this that you couldn't, or you were limit, you were limited by space. I imagine. Um, Data space. You know, I, 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 I do not remember coming away with any 
qualms about what was in it. I think it yep. it was it was just right the way it was. No doubt. Uh, we got uh, Adam says yes. Ringmaster was in this. Uh, Borovak wants to know what are some recent popular text-based games that you like. Um. Oh, oh, oh brother. Okay, now <laughs> I am drawing a blank because I was just starting one. Borat right. is a uh, game on um, Steam. Okay. Uh, done by an indie company that I can definitely give a shout out to. Um, uh, one game I always wondered if it was real or not in, in the movie, the big, uh, big with Tom Hanks, was that a real text-based game or was that made for the movie? Oh, which, which movie big with Tom Hanks, big, big. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what he was playing. It may have been a cross of Zork and something else. Right. And I'm not sure. I know in uh, Big Bang Theory they did uh, ver- they did an episode with Sheldon playing a text game, and he he made a comment that really stuck in my mind, and I thought, wow, that really explains it. He he said, I'm playing this game, and it's running on the most extreme expensive graphics processor that has ever been invented, the human mind. Wow, wow, and that's basically it. Because when you're playing a text game. You're providing the graphics. Right. Uh, DJ wants to know, was there a, you mentioned earlier that Marvel gave final approval on there. Was there a piece you had to rework multiple times that they didn't like? Um, I don't know if it was multiple times because I wasn't doing that. I had an art, uh, art guy that was doing the work and he would send it in and make changes. So I really wasn't tracking how much uh, rework doing. Yeah. Uh, Eddie wants to know, was Marvel the only brand tie-in with your adventure games? Did you have any other brands or pop culture that you had attention uh, for potential crossover to gaming? Yes, we did. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, ah, there yeah, you go. I heard of that little flick. <laughs> uh, this is another case of uh, they coming to us. Um, they they did. They came to us just like Marvel and said, We're, we are going to be making a cult classic movie. And yeah. Everybody says if we want it on home computers, you're the one to do it. Um, The interesting thing was the movie bombed at the box office. But now, 30 years later, it's the cult classic that they wanted it to be back then. (laughs) But we did the Buckaroo Banzai tie-in. Spider Boy wants to know your thoughts on the Atari Spider-Man game. I never played it. I think I looked at it. It was really pixelated, and um, at the time, I I just did, didn't didn't get into playing it. Unfortunately, once I started writing games that became very popular, it was very difficult for me to find time to play games, right. and so it kind of restricts restricted me. I remember I remember once taking off two or three days from work, going home and just playing a game that I had picked up for the Apple. And that yeah. was Wizardry. And that, I love that. That was a lot of fun. That was a, a look ahead of what the RPGs of the future were going to be like. So I uh, found some more um, pictures here. I'll pull it up of inside the, the comic uh, of the egg and the gym that, um, Biogem and Natter Energy Egg. There you go. And why I called it that, I have no idea. <laughs> you, you picked it up out of the ether. 
There you go. There's crust probe. That was that was a. Yeah, where does the where's the name crust probe come from? I I have to say it was inspired by God because I have no (laughs) idea how I came up with that. Yeah, but anytime uh, Spider Man, he sensed evil. I won't help it. I won't, and then it explodes. Talk about why it explodes. Um, that is the natter energy. That is the uh, uh, natter natter energy gem that mm-hmm. is protecting the bio gem. Okay, um, it is. Um, it's either going to um, you're either going to get it or it's going to destroy it. Okay. Um, also, we learned in that comic that uh, he's the chief examiner, just kind of floating. There's nothing there. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a, uh, I don't know what a probe that, uh, I forget what the guy's name is. The, the character, I had it down on my notes. Uh, it starts with a J. Uh, the guy on the planet. <laughs> um, here, I got it right here. Uh, it's Durgan. Durgan. That's what his name yes, is. Durgan. Yes. Durgan. So right. Durgan is controlling the chief examiner. Right. Right. So he's inside the computer on his planet. Is that what I'm gathering? It's been a while. And I okay. <laughs> remember the, the sequence there. Right. And there was actually a point at one time that uh, I was going to uh, name my son Durgan. Oh, well, there you go. And so here's a couple pictures of there. And like we were talking about, you wrote the answers to all these questions that kids wrote into you on the, on the letters pages. There was a letters page. Yes. Yeah. So how did the Spider-Man de- game do? Did, did it do better than the Hulk or? It, it did very well. Um, okay. It was, unf- it was uh, uh, indeed one of their best known properties. So yeah. I do not remember the sales figures. And so I really can't help with that. But it, it may, it did so well that you did a third game. Yes. So let's talk about that one a little bit. I'll pull it up right now. Um. There we go. So you did the fantastic two. You didn't do the whole four. You did. <laughs> you did uh, it was time constraint and technology constraint because every adventure game that I've ever written, every time I write a new game, I try to do something I've never done in any game before that. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man was pretty obvious. The new t- technology breakthrough with the, parsing of the sentences and mm-hmm. animation and all that good stuff. But going into <clears throat> Fantastic Four, what I did was this was the first time to have uh, two characters that you were controlling to complete the adventure. Right, okay. Back and forth, and it was your choice which one you were controlling when, and you had to get them both working together to solve the game. So this one I never played because I never could find it. But um, you could ha- you could switch between the thing and the uh, Human Torch, right? But there they are. How did I wonder how you switched to them? Did you just say go go thing or something? Or um, I don't remember. Well, as <laughs> simple as switch. Switch. Okay. I I don't remember now. So what was what was the mission of this one? Talk about uh, the the, I the mission of this game. Remember, you know, you're trying to rescue. Um, Hulk's uh, the thing's girlfriend. Um, oh, okay, got it. Alicia, Alicia, thank you. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's Ringmaster that has her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could pull up. With, uh, a tar pit, uh-huh. uh huh, with uh, 
uh, being trapped and uh, the characters having to split up. And it goes from there. Gotcha. I noticed there's a dome again in this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those elusive domes that, that I kept getting stuck in in the 80s. <laughs> so here, I'll try to. Hey, there's the thing. Talk about, about this one. Oh, that looks like the blob. It is. Yeah. And then the, the do is that Doom's Castle? Uh huh. I think. Oh, here comes the ring. Yep. Um, we must be close to the ringmaster. If I can find him. This solution, you had to shoot a uh, uh, thing through it from a cannon from Ringmaster, like the the, the man in the yeah. cannon shots. Right. And you had to get uh, the blob out of the way because, as you know, the blob's immovable. Right. Oh yeah, there you go. You must have gotten that from those Marvel and uh, Universe. <laughs> uh, well, all the, the titles I was reading. I was reading. Yeah. At least thirty books a month. There you go. There's the thing. You finally got through. <laughs> Talk about what was different about this one as opposed to the other one. You said you could switch characters. You well, Can you do more text than the Spider-Man one? It was the same. It was still the okay. sentence processor. Here you yep. can see taking advantage of uh, multi-frame pictures. Right. There's the thing looking. Um, let's see. And so it, I guess it would just be too much to have four characters juggling. Yes. yes. So, I think I re read that you wanted to make a future game with uh, the invisible woman and Mr. Fantastic. Yes. So uh, uh, the number four in the series was mm -hmm. and, and actually did get it started and had a major point section of it done. You right. do a word search. You can actually find a review of that uh, partial game. Oh, it, there you go. There's a, uh... Oh, look at that. That's cool. Uh, so there's screen caps of the unproduced X-Men game. Yep. Oh, I did not know that. Let me, let me do a search for that. Um, somebody was interested in it. So I gave them the, the uh, game as it was at the time that stopped work on it. <clears throat> write a review. Hmm. Don't know if I can find it easily. I don't have it. Yeah. It but pop up at the top of a, Anyway, that was cool. Um, oh, here's some. Um, pull this up. Copy image address. We were talking about how the Madam Web is one of your favorite. This shows you different versions of what the uh, computers look like. Yeah. So which, which one's your favorite? It would have been the Atari ST. Once again, not only was her web pulsating and everything, you could grab the screen that yeah. the picture is on, literally, and just roll it up like a window blind, and the text would be behind it or lower oh, wow. down. That's so you cool. Could have as much text or as much window as you wanted. Nice. Um. So so talk about the the third one comes out. Was that that one not a success? Did it not sell very well? I mean, that was the it last was, one you put. Okay. Uh, yeah. Industry at this point was then starting to take a dive. Right. And this was during the the, the crash of the technology, um, primarily because too many people were trying to get into it and not enough yeah. consumers for all the different uh, uh, platforms and software that was becoming available. Wow. So, um, and the company went bankrupt because of that. Yep. Talk about that. Was it just? You, you... Well, there was more to it than that. Mm -hmm. One of the things was along the way, 
um, we had had a relationship with Commodore where when they came out with their their pet computer, um, it was a nice start, and they realized, hey, this is this is taking off, and they came up with the idea of the VIC-20. Yeah. And that was the uh, a really inexpensive computer that they wanted to get out to to get into the marketplace, but they needed titles because the game uh, had a limited amount of memory. It had something like 6K of memory in it. It was um, uh, very little graphics. It uh, The text display wasn't very good. So it really wasn't a very powerful machine, but they needed something to highlight it. Yeah. Uh, and again, this was a case of they approached us and said they wanted to put the adventure games on it. And I said, well, that's kind of impossible. You don't have, you even have enough memory in the machine. You right. know, 16K, you got 5.6. And they <laughs> said, well, what if we put it on a cartridge? Uh -huh. and I went, oh, interesting. Okay, how big are your cartridges? And I think they had a 12K cartridge at the time. Huh. It was enough so that <clears throat> the game could be put totally in the cartridge and the uh, memory could be used for the scratch pad as it's running. Mm -hmm. There was no graphics. So it was like, yeah, let's give it a try. So the first five titles of my classic series were then put as cartridge games onto the Commodore. We had a, a mm -hmm. great run with them, made a lot of money. Yeah. Things changed. Down the road, the founder of Commodore uh, decided that uh, he wanted to make even more money. <laughs> he heard about the Marvel license that we were doing. He convinced both us and Marvel that we were too small for this IP and that really they should be the publisher. Oh. We'd be writing it, and they would publish it not only for their computers, but all the other computers. Hmm. And so both Marvel and, and us agreed uh, with a lot of caveats and um, pro, uh, things in the contract to make sure they performed. Mm -hmm. Or did not perform, and they had to um, pay 10 cents on the dollar, basically, of what they promised to do. Huh. That was a considerable financial shock to the company. Yeah, we were given over the publishing rights to our, our number one seller, and we're now getting back just a pittance of what we were expecting. Yeah, well, that didn't help at all. No, the uh, so so Commodore wanted to produce these games, and you would write them. Is that what they wanted? Right. We, we would continue creating them, but they would have the rights to do all the publications. Oh, I see. Okay. In other words, this. Pre-internet time, if you wanted a game, you had to physically buy the disc or the tape. Yeah, or the the uh, so the the fourth game, which I'm assuming, and they released it as a comic years later. It was going to be X Men, right? Yes. Okay. So uh, Jeff says he played a dra draft of the X Men game. It was a maze, and you played as Magneto. Were there graphics made for the different X Men? There was going to be, yes. Okay. Do you know what X-Men, is it the ones we've seen now would have been, it probably had to have been Wolverine. He had to have been one of them. Um, honestly, now I don't remember. Because I, yeah. um, I think you start with Nightcrawler. I remember yeah. he was definitely in there. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'm sure I was going to be using some of the, the major characters. Like Storm and Rogue. Um, uh I'm I am sorry, drawing a blank. Okay. Hey, Jeff wants to know the other characters too. I, I, it's almost a sure thing Wolverine would have been that in there. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Do you know what the mission of this one was? What, what uh, you had to get through this maze, and then basically, uh, the plan was as you drew the maze out and solved it, it was going to be spelling something, and the yeah. solution was you had to type in what it was that you just went through to prove that you've actually played it and and mapped it out. Right. So it had a, a phrase that it was it was doing. So. Room. And the other unique thing about this game was you were controlling only one character, but your one character had a team. You were collecting these X-Men that you could tell to do things for you. Oh, yeah. With that fourth game, you would have had a lot more than the, the thing in the Human Torch. You would have been messing with more characters, I imagine. Right. But instead of actually playing the character, you would simply be giving them commands, sort of. Right. Jonathan says, 12K memory, wow. My Word documents have more memory than that. Emails <laughs> do. <laughs> wow. That's funny. Um, Before so, we wrap up tonight, I also want to talk about what I'm currently doing, too. No doubt. No doubt. There, uh, Michael actually wants to know, what are you doing these days? There's a perfect segue. So let's talk about what you're up to these days. Okay. Uh, for starters, uh, my wife and I have founded a, a, a little studio. Uh, can you see the sign behind us back there? I will, I will full screen you. There you are. Okay. This is oh, no, the other way. There we go. <laughs> this is Clopus. Um, let me just move the camera just a little bit. Okay. Sort of phased roll down there. Uh, we've done, we've done uh, one title that's already out there. Uh -huh. It's called Escape the Humor, and it's based on the Redwall series of books. Um, some people know Redwall intimately, and others have never heard of it. New York Times bestseller list for young adult books. They had uh, Harry Potter up at number one, and Lord of the Rings at number three. And at number two was Redwall, which is odd, because why haven't a lot of people heard of it? Mm -hmm. The main thing is it hasn't been a major motion picture yet, anyway. And so it didn't have the big tie-in to, to the middle school and high school reading crowd back in the uh, 90s. It was a very popular series. So anyway, we did a game called Escape the Glimmer. It's currently out. It's on all major platforms. It is a um, uh, graphics and text adventure game. Uh, it actually has a um, mode where you can play it. You don't need the, need the graphics to actually play it. Right. The um, it's on um, both desktop, Mac, PC, Android, iOS. <coughs> Excuse me, bunch of uh, Scott says he played the new Adventureland. He said it was an excellent game. Hey, Scott, nice to see you. <laughs> so that's awesome. Where where can they people get this new game that you're working on? Uh, right now, it's only in early access because okay. we're. We haven't finished it. We're having our fans help us finish it. Okay. And that is available only as a PC release. And you have, right, excuse me, right now it's only available on Steam. Okay. And it's the XL, it's based on the original Adventureland game, mm -hmm. fully enclosed within the XL game. And the XL has a double entendre meeting to it. Uh, XL for extra large because the game is extra large. There's a whole XL section now to the game. It's probably bigger than 12K, isn't it? <laughs> a lot bigger. X is bigger than 12K. Yeah, that's funny. And the messages. And the XL stands for one other thing Roman numerals, 40th oh. anniversary. It's the nice. 40th anniversary of the original 
Adventureland. Wow. Came out in 1980, huh? 1978. Oh, 78. Okay. Awesome. That's so cool. Um, let's see. Eddie wants to know if there was any Easter eggs in your Marvel games. Could be. Do you, do you remember them? <laughs> well, we just learned one tonight that you are the chief examiner. That's the yeah. outline of your head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not only that, there's a section. I think it's Durgan that you see with uh -huh. the glasses and the, the hair. Yeah. And basically, he is the chief examiner. And he was based on, on me. What happened with that was Marvel came back and says, how do you want us to draw a Durgan? And I said, well... Could you make them look like me? And they went, send us a picture. I don't know about that. So right. a picture. I can find a picture of Durgan. Hold on a second. Okay. Uh, where is he? Okay, here we go. Oh, no. Let me put it in this tab. Let me get rid of that X-Men picture. <clears throat> if it will blow up. I think the Hulk issue has a bigger tight shot of Durgan. Let me take a look there. Okay. Let's see. Does that look like you? <laughs> yeah. And basically they said, when I sent them the picture, the Marvel wrote back and said, well, we gave it to our artists and they said, yeah, you look evil enough. We can use it. <laughs> well, I always thought that the giant head looked like the Mysterio fishbowl. Maybe I always mm -hmm. thought Durgan was underneath the chief examiner's thing. He, he was remote controlling. Right. There really wasn't a, anything underneath as Spider-Man saw. Borvac says Escape the Gloomer is on Xbox One and PS4 as well. Uh, uh, I don't think so. That's That would be the scout. Redwall. There's a Redwall game also by Soma. They're our publisher. Uh, they own the IP from Random House uh, um, Penguin. Um, and we did the work for them. Uh, and that would be their series called The Scout, which is excellent and uh, a lot of fun. So that's pr yeah. probably what he's referring to. If you enjoyed playing The Scout, Borak, Bor Borvak, take, take a look at Escape the Gloomer. Um, it, once again, though, you'll have to play on a different platform. Yeah. If you've got an Android or iOS phone, you can play it on that, or you can do it on Steam on PC or Mac. Jeff wants to know what the maze would have spelled in X-Men because he'd never heard that story before. Um, it's in the review. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is find that review and see what happens. Here you go. There, um, interesting thing I found. Um, here, I'll pull it up. This website, giantbomb.com, has so many different pictures of ways it was produced. You, you produced the game out on cassettes. It looks like yes. you had, uh, what, what were they? Five and three quarter inch floppies. Is that, that's what I had. Yep. And, uh, you released it on IBM, the Atari. And this yep. one also has, uh, Oh, you had three and a quarter discs too. Yep. For PC. For this one says Atari ST. Oh, look okay. at that. The ST was also. Yeah. So this is the way I bought it right here in the load and go software. Mm -hmm. I, I, there weren't any instructions in those load and goes <laughs> no, that if you bought it in the bigger box, there was, there was instructions, but this mm -hmm. was literally, as they say, load and go. So yep. let's see. And this gives you a sample of what the different artwork looks like. Um, of Spider-Man like, Look at that one. That one looks, oh, there's Sandman. Look at that. Yep. 
And for instance, the lizard does not look as good as we previously saw lizard. Um, Might have been Spectrum. Yeah, um, ZX Spectrum screenshots exactly. Yeah, yeah. that one looks like Spectrum. Yeah, and that's a, a UK computer that was very popular for its time, and it, yeah. got, it got computer into hands of people that uh, uh, would not have been able to otherwise afford one. It was a very inexpensive right. for its time machine with great capabilities, and still yeah. a big, big uh, fandom for it. People are still yeah. writing new stuff for the Specky. So you, you've had 30 years to think on it. Who else would have been Marvel characters you would have liked to use for all 12 parts? Oh, probably Dr. Strange. He would yeah. definitely have gotten, gotten some good love there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of possibilities. Uh, finish off Fantastic Four. No, I might have done them each individually. I don't know. Uh, mm -hmm. Just because their powers would lend themselves to something fairly, fairly unique. Yeah. Um, and... I was reading, someone suggested Daredevil would have been a cool version. That would yeah. have been very text. Yes. Yes, it would have, especially uh, with his uh, enhanced senses and being blind. Yeah. Um, just that that would have been an awesome possibility, and it probably would have happened, too. I'm trying to think what other characters in the mid-'80s were popular. You got Fant Iron Man. You could have done Iron Man. Oh, yes. How did I forget Iron Man? Iron oh. Man, very tech. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was... Next to Spider-Man, he was my number two crush as a character. That's who I wanted to be. There I was either Spider-Man or I was Iron Man. <laughs> so Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Hulk, X-Men. We're up to five. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, two Fantastics would have been another uh, seven. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure going forward. It, it, like I said, doing it organically as the inspiration struck. It, it would have drove, driven you nuts to do an Avengers. You would have had a multiple characters in there if you did an Avengers book. Yeah, um, that's that would have been um, – it would have been a possibility. Back then, I'm trying to remember if Avengers were as big. Thor was. Yeah, uh, you could have split it up and done Thor and Cap, Captain America, and yeah. Iron Man. That could have yeah. got you some. Probably, uh, I probably would have done with Cap and Iron Man and possibly Thor. Yeah. That's my best guess. That's cool. So do you look back at these games very fondly? Is this some of your, your oh, sure. stuff? I mean, we're still talking about it. it I uh, I feel so blessed and honored that I, God allowed me to do this. Yeah. How many people can say they got to write their favorite character for Marvel? Yeah. And then not only get to do it, but I was the first one to do it. And it was well received. And I, I'm proud of it. it. It was a good work. God used me to make a game that brought a lot of people a lot of joy. Yeah. And I really love that part. I'm still getting mail. It's crazy. <laughs> 30 minutes later. Listening to this, I enjoy talking, not necessarily talking, but exchanging emails and stuff with, with folks that enjoy my classic games. Um, it, I'm Right now, I'm still around. So if you want to say hello, feel free. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I played a lot of video games in 30, 40 years. And this one, I, you know, I've forgotten a lot of them that I've played. I've never forgotten this one because I, I was so stumped as a kid trying to advance to it. <laughs> I mean, I, I was biting my lip. I was getting gassed. I was stuck in a dome. I was stuck. Making you think, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I was constantly trying to advance in this game. But uh, did you get letters of frustration from people that they could yeah. not get past? 
Yeah, that's Talk what that the original hint sheets were developed. Yeah, because people kept calling or writing and saying, "I'm stuck. What do I do?" And like you said, no internet, so there was no way to find out. What I also found out was it is a great party game. In oh yeah, kids would get together and play it as a group. Yeah. Because then they'd feed off each other's imagination on things to try and things to do. Right. Because of that, we recommend if people are playing Escape the Gloomer or Adventureland XL, play it in a group. Play it with a child. Play it with a friend. Play it together. And we were talking about um, the different looks of it. And I think you said this is your least favorite, so I can pull it up. This is the uh, the DOS version. Look how ugly that looks <laughs> nowadays. This is called CGA color. You oh, got man. a palette of four colors. You got four You're colors seeing, on that thing, huh? You are seeing all the colors I can do <laughs> on that palette. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, here's the animation. He's still opening that door. Yeah. Man. I can't find that version that you like. I don't think anybody made a YouTube okay. video of it. Oh, that's a shame. But uh, it was not as widespread a machine. Yeah, but it was. It was a lot of fun do- working with it. Right. Uh, that's pretty much all I had. Let uh, we'll take a few questions before we wrap it up. If you would like to ask Scott a question, uh, I will put it up on the screen and he'll answer it for you. Uh, let's see. Did I miss anybody? <laughs> Spider Boy wants to know: Did Spider Man kill? <laughs> I think um, if you yeah. type that in, you didn't. But my games w- primarily were nonviolent in yeah. that you, know, you weren't going around uh, killing things, uh, yeah. trying to find solutions without killing. So, no, not in my games. If I remember correctly, the Hulk died. If you hit Hulk die, he I see a giant staircase, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your, your character could die. Yeah. So that like was totally awesome. lives. Jonathan says text-based games fell off a bit, but indie developers are still making some games. The House Abandon is a free, spooky new text-based game, he says. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, let's see. Scott wants to know any chance uh, for a new Pirates adventure in the same style of Adventureland XL? <clears throat> to be honest, it's going to depend on how Adventureland XL does. Okay. So- uh, we've spent uh, now almost a year doing this. Well, it's been a true labor of love, but <clears throat> we want to see how well it's received and how well the market does. Um, that's that's the, the prime key. Um, God has been very good to us as a company. We truly feel blessed even this time of pandemic. Uh, we have a patron account. We have a number of very loyal uh, Patreons that have been helping support us so we can continue the effort on Adventureland XL. And for any of the Patreons that are on right now, I want to say personally, I am thanking you. Uh, we have a very small team, very dedicated team, and they've been working very hard on this. And so we appreciate that. That's cool. uh, we're also doing some contract work for another house, <clears throat> a very nice company that uh, had an idea for a game and turns out um, <clears throat> when they came up with the idea at their board meeting, they asked around, says, does anybody know anybody in the game developer industry? Somebody raised their hand and turned out he was somebody who used to be a fan of mine and over the years became a friend. And, and we had contact on Facebook. So he got in mm-hmm. touch with me. I got in touch with them. 
and we've been working on something very special for them now for a while. Right. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just opened the beta test for that, um, and hopefully soon that's going to start releasing. And it's it's not a text adventure game. It's just something totally different. But again, it's it's coming from Clocus, so it's going to have Clocus quality. Uh, Adam says, uh, when you try to smash something, it says Spider-Man is no vandal. I do remember that. Hulk is no vandal, too, if I remember if you try to have Hulk smash. Yes. Do you remember that part? <laughs> um, part of it was also because just to get the thing to fit in the game, it had to feel like a sandbox, but it had to be on rails at the same time. So it had to restrict what could be done. Otherwise... Uh, the, the amount of uh, text trees would just grow exponentially. So, Sid wants to know: Do you remember the Civilization game? Yes, Sid Meier. I don't remember that one. Yeah, Sid uh, Meier went on to he went on to do many many other uh, versions of Civilization. Uh, it was a very very popular franchise. It's a thinking building game. Adam says the better the graphics, the longer the load time on our Commodore 64. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Uh, Matt wants to know, are there any other properties in particular you would like to make a game for if given the chance? Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, that's not something I really think about. It seems like whenever it's time to do something, God opens a door and something comes in. It's not something that literally that I've ever gone out to search for. Um, really it comes to you. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. Um, a year ago, uh, um, we had wrapped up Escape the Gloomer, put it out on the market, um, and <clears throat> we were at the point where we were starting to do Adventureland, but we our, our funding had dried up because we had put everything in doing Escape the Gloomer, and we were at the point where we were going to be closing because we had no work and nothing to do, didn't know where we were going. And literally, I went to prayer and fasting on it, and God opened this door with this other company for this project we've been working on for them, and also opened the door for the patrons to come in and help us. So mm -hmm. I don't know what God has in mind for Clopas, and whether I'm even a part of it going forward, I don't know. Um, but I do know I have a, a very talented team here that I greatly appreciate. And I know God's going to be using them mightily for something. So where we're going, don't know. But hang on. It's going to be a fun ride. I hope everybody joins. Jonathan says, I found the Steamworks page for your Adventureland XL. I'm going to give it a try. I hope the retro game community can help. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate that. Please put the word out. Um the game right now for Adventureland XL, since it's in early access, has an ET phone home mode. Basically, yeah. as you play the game, it sends the save games and the trace files back to us, and we analyze them. And we are really trying to polish the game, fix the game, and make the game the best possibly can. The entire game is there from the beginning to the end of the XL, except for the finale. We're working on the finale now because we want it to be extra special. So you'll, if you can play that far into it, it's going to stop. Another thing to be aware of on Adventureland XL, we have something called S-Mode in the game. Um, it starts at any time you can say, please give me a hint, and you're going to get some suggestions, just like the old hint book, except it's built into the game. Um, the S-Mode system is totally in for the base game. When you get into the Excel section, you're going to be more on your own because we're still building that in. 
There are some puzzles in the Excel section I'm very proud of. I don't want to telegraph what they are, but I think you're going to have a lot of fun with them. So play the game, write us, let us know how you're doing. Uh, Adam says, I used to play a Spidey game with my dad on the Commodore 64. The loading times were insane. <laughs> sorry about that. But unfortunately, the technology of the day, yeah. it wasn't much we could do about it. But I hope yeah. it was worth the wait. Yeah, no doubt. Um, it was Matt wants to know, was Adventureland a precursor of the Pitfall game for the Atari 2600 by chance? I also remember... Mona Zumba Revenge on the type format that I also remember. I honestly don't know. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention something that yep. really blown me away. I have been getting emails since literally the dawn of the internet back in the uh, 80s when it started coming alive, um, 90s, really the, the end of the 90s when emails started becoming alive. And I've gotten a lot of fan mail. And a lot of my fans became friends over the years. But some of the letters I have gotten, I would say a good 80% of them say that because of the games, my classic games, they went on into the industries they did. And a lot of those names, if I were to repeat them, you'd recognize because they're now leaders of major video game companies. So it, 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 it just fills me with awe what God was able to do with the little seeds that I planted. So it's just amazing. Yeah. Uh, did I don't know if I asked you this or not, but I, I want to ask you before we wrap up. At the end of each game, you you got a code. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Because I never I never beat them, <laughs> so I never got that code. <laughs> but uh, and the code would be used in the next game, or would it be used at the very the final game? In the final twelfth game. Okay, I got you. So that would have. I got um, you. Hey Adam, I just saw your thing scroll up. Just a quick thank you for saying that. I'm, I'm glad it brought you joy, and I'm glad you're able to share that with me now. Yep. Michael wants to know where we can send Scott fan emails. If you guys would like to write to me, um, you can go to clopus.net, and there's contact info there. My email is scott.adams at clopas.net c-l-o-p-a-s dot n-e-t so it's clopas c-l-o-p-a-s dot n-e-t let me uh, pull up your website there you go right there there we go and you were talking about your Patreon it's right here if you'd yep. like to support and you probably have a, probably have an email okay. there you go connect with us one of these ways mm -hmm. and you probably yep. have a contact or connect or Contact. There you go. That's how you email them right there. Yep. That there you go. That will reach me. Yep. That's cool. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Civilization is still going. It's tons of fun, says Jonathan. And I don't know if we talked about this one. Pirates Adventure in the same style of Adventureland XL. Did we talk about that one? Um, once again, yes. Once again, it It'll be a case of we have to see how Adventureland goes. Right, right. Um, I, I honestly don't know if Clopus will be making any more text adventure games. Right. We don't know what what comes next. Right now, we we are focusing on getting what we're doing out and doing it as best possible. Yeah. And we'll see where, where it goes. Here's a big question. What's your thoughts on the modern video game industry? 
do you, do you like the PS4 and the Xbox and Nintendos and, and stuff like I, that? Uh, the last PS I got was a PS3 and I had a, an Xbox. I didn't, didn't get the four, didn't get the Xbox one. Um, part of it is because I have been so busy. I really can't justify playing games when I'm so busy trying to write them. There are a lot of games I do like. I like, uh, uh, I like the online games. I like the um, um, the ability to play with other people, but still play solo at the same time. So if I want to be doing an adventure, it's kind of nice to um, be in my own little world. But if I get stuck or I need help, I can turn to somebody. So I, I played the original EverQuest, enjoyed that. Uh, Shroud of the Avatar, Ultima Online. Um, uh, uh, Guild Wars two. These are all things that are a lot of fun. Um, some games I find are a little too over the top, and I'm not yeah. even going to name what they are, but they're they're not my style gaming. I do yeah. like strategy games. I like thinking games. Um, I like to combat evil. I like to solve problems. Yeah. Games that present that are ones I enjoy the most. And we were just showing the... Uh wouldn't it have been fun to have this kind of technology with you in the eighties? I mean, look what Spider-Man can do now. I mean, this yeah. is a, we've advanced so far. Isn't that this amazing? is the PS4 Spider-Man game. Yes. I would yes. highly recommend that plan. This is worth getting a PS4 for if you want to get mm -hmm. that. that. That looks, looks like a tremendous title. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, Jonathan wants to know if you've ever played world of Warcraft. Yes, I have. Um, I played uh, WoW uh, at the same time I was playing uh, EQ1 and EQ2. Um, my favorite was more the EverQuest series, but I did play WoW mm -hmm. enough to see that they had a, a very good uh, um, IP there and a lot of fun. My son still plays it a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, Spider Boy wants to know if you've played Mortal Kombat. What's your thoughts on that? I have not. I'm. I'm. That's... That just wasn't one that was really on my radar. Sorry. Matt, Matt wants to know, I remember digging in the Hulk game to get mad. Did you do that, Brad? Yes, I dug. Wasn't there a gym in the ground outside the dome that you had to keep digging? <laughs> okay, this is, this is a secret that I probably not revealed in any interview ever before. Oh, here we go. Remember, I may have, may not have, but almost invariably in every one of my games, there's going to be a field or someplace you can dig. So if you come to a bare spot of ground, yeah. get digging. There's a reason it's there. <laughs> There's gold in their hills. <laughs> Start digging. <laughs> All right. Well, Scott, I think that will wrap it up. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about that we haven't mentioned before? We talked about your Patreon and your new games coming up. And um, I just want to say a personal note to everybody that is uh, um, homebound or whatever reason because of this pandemic. But... Uh, um, just sit back and think what's important in your life and try to treasure that because none of us know whether we have tomorrow. Everything, life is short. God has given us a reason to be on this earth. Find what your passion is deep down because whatever your passion is is probably a gift from God. And if it's a gift from God, try to develop it and see where God wants you to take it. So, to every one of you, I say God bless. And Jonathan says, Brad with the scoop. Yeah, the scoop is dig. That's what the scoop is. <laughs> Eddie says, thank you, sir. My pleasure. 
All right, everybody, thank you for watching. This has been fun. I've been 30 years in the making talking to you, Scott. I've been wanting to talk to you for ever since I put that in my Commodore 64. I'm like, who did this to me? And this is amazing, Brad, that we could do this. And yeah. thank you so much for having me as a guest. I feel honored that you that you reached out to me. Oh, thank no you. problem. I'm honored you, you talked to me. So thank you, sir. Well, that's a wrap on that episode. I hope you liked it. Uh, one more time before we wrap it all up, I want to remind you about uh, patreon.com slash crawlspace. Log on there to get exclusive thank you content, which uh, one of them is the Spire Satellites, where we review all the books that aren't amazing on that episode. That's a thank you to people that help support this podcast on our website each and every month through Patreon. There's also several other podcasts that are up there that are fun to listen to uh, that I think you'll get a kick out of. But again, it's patreon.com slash crawlspace for exclusive content and also support things you like, like this podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.